everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Beta and Claudia. One of the underlining themes of our podcast this season has been that of relationships. And as we all know, relationships can bring so much joy, happiness, and love. But on the same token, it can bring stress, sadness, and complications. By complications, I mean the mistakes we make, the decisions we take. So the question is, how do we move forward? How do we forgive ourselves? Our guest today takes us on her journey of forgiveness, rather self-forgiveness. But before I jump into a conversation with her, let me give you a little bit of a background on her. Janelle has an undergrad in bioengineering from University of Pennsylvania and a master's in human genetics from Sarah Lawrence College, where currently she is the assistant director of the human genetics program. She's also an entrepreneur, public speaker, and a coach. She's a co-founder of this fabulous women's empowerment club, Be Well Queens. Welcome, Janelle, to Tea Time with Bela and Claudia. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I think what you ladies are doing is really, really crucial and important. Um, so thank you. Janelle, thank you so much for the lovely compliment. And I'm so delighted to have you on the podcast as well. You know, when I first started reading your book, I Slept with a Married Man, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know where your narrative would take me. But I was blown away by how personal and powerful it was. And as I dwelled into the chapters, one of the things that really stood out for me was the way you juxtaposition shame and guilt and tie it to perfectionism. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I think the easiest way to distinguish between guilt and shame is guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. And the I am bad in somebody's voice could also sound like I am broken, I am unlovable, I am unworthy, that type of a thing. So the focus is on the person that you are instead of the action that you did. So for me, I think the the act of sleeping with a married man, I'm asking myself, am I still a good person? Not did I do a bad thing, but am I still a good person really points to shame-based thinking, which is I'm broken, I'm unworthy. When you are in shame-based thinking, people typically do three things. One, they self-sabotage, make poor decisions. Two, they flirt with risky behavior. And then if it goes bad, then it just supports their their thought, like, see, I'm a bad person. And three, they put themselves in self-punishment, sometimes for an extended period of time that most people wouldn't even think is necessary. So when thinking back as to like what I did, right, the act that I did just reinforced the thought that I had had from a very, from childhood, this thought that I am broken, I am unlovable. I'm right. Like those, those different thoughts. And here it is. Now here's the proof. Look what I just did. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what happened for me. And my journey is what are the thoughts that I was thinking that could get me to the act and recognizing, oh, I had been having shame-based thoughts for a while. And that's what can lead to poor decisions. Now, what's interesting is that when you have people who have a lot of shame-based thinking also typically end up in this place of trying to be a perfectionist. I think in our culture, people think being a perfectionist is a, is a positive thing. It's a good thing. Oh, look how perfect they are. Truth is perfection is not a real thing that humans can attain. Literally by definition, humans are imperfect. But I think the way that people, the best way for people to understand that is something, is a way in which Brene Brown, who is the most famous shame researcher out there, she has said, 
When perfectionism is in the passenger seat, shame is driving the car. And the reason why that is, is because the thought is, if I can do it perfectly, say it perfectly, act perfectly, then that will shield me from the judgment of others who will finally see me for who I really am, which is I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable, I am not perfect, right? And so the the idea is to try and shield yourself. Of course, perfection is impossible, so you don't ever really obtain attain it. And wh- who do you really get the judgment from? Yourself. It's not really from others. And so... I love that quote. When perfectionism is in the passenger seat, shame is driving the car. That's how the two tie together. Janelle, I really like the way you distinguish between shame and guilt. I am bad versus I did something bad. And how, you know, your shame-based behavior led to the act, like you said, of sleeping with a married man. And it kind of uh, compounded your feelings of brokenness. So my question is, what role did your spirituality uh, play in helping you cope with it? Because it is such um, a major theme in your book. I think in the beginning, it was challenging the spirituality. A lot of times people who have shame-based thinking don't even believe God can love them, which probably seems like a a completely irrational thing. If God is all loving, (laughs) it doesn't even make sense, right? But that's what someone who's shame-based thinking, they think that they are so broken. They are so unworthy. They're such a bad person that not even God can love them. And I definitely was in that place and space when I write about like, oh, you know, I'm such a broken person that only God can love me. The voice in which that was said was really like, I'm such a bad person. I, I hope that God can even love me. That's why when people say, oh, just forgive yourself, right? Like (laughs) if it were that easy, we would have just done it. But the underlying belief is that not even God can forgive me, right? Like not even God can love me. So how could I possibly forgive myself if, if I don't even believe God can, right? And so there was a significant amount of time where I was battling those thoughts. I spent a lot of time getting closer to God. So I'm a Christian believer. I was looking at the Bible and getting closer in that way. I also have a chapter called Dating Jesus. It's a whole thing. <laughs> oh my God, can I tell you something? When I read that chapter title, Dating Jesus, I burst out laughing. But then I thought, oh, it was so clever. But on a serious note, um, like you said, you know, spirituality has played such an important role in helping you cope with uh, your risky behavior, shame-based behavior. So now um, the obvious question is, when did you start your journey of forgiveness? And did you have friends and mentors that helped you on the way? So yes, the spirituality was a part of that. And I've actually come up with an acronym for how to heal from shame or like forgiving yourself. It's called a life. The A stands for awareness. So first you just need to be aware that you're having these shame-based thoughts. The L is for looking within. So once you have awareness that you have these thoughts, you have to look within to figure out, well, where did they come from? Typically, they stem from messages that you heard when you were a child. And if we have time, I can get into what some of those messages are. So if people are curious what those messages may have been. The I stands for identifying your triggers. So what are the things in your life that are happening that trigger you to start thinking, I'm a bad person, I'm awful, like all those things. F is find your good mirrors. So your good mirrors are people, and this is a really important part, the people in your life 
who can reflect back to you who you really are. So you're like, I'm an awful person. I'm a bad parent. I'm a bad spouse, whatever it is that you think that you're bad at. Or they can say, actually, no, Bela, this is who you are. You're amazing. You're working through this. Like you're learning, you're growing, like, right? Like they can reflect back who you are. And that's super important to have those people in your life. Because a lot of times when you're in shame-based thinking, you want to isolate and hide and not be seen by other people because you don't want them to see you. You think that if they see the real you, they'll run away and they'll abandon you. So having people that you can trust to be your good mirrors is important. That's the finding your good mirrors. And the last is empathy. Shame cannot survive in the presence of empathy. And the only way that you can receive empathy is by receiving it from others. And in order to do that, you have to share your story. You have to have the courage to be vulnerable and to share who you are. Again, I'm going to bring up Brene Brown, but I think she said it best when she broke down the word courage Mm -hmm. and that the Latin root of of courage is core, C-O-R, which means heart. And so the original definition of courage was to share the story of who you are from your heart. So it takes ordinary courage to be vulnerable, share with your good mirrors. (laughs) You can receive the empathy that is required to literally eliminate the shame. And empathy is, I would really hope that people recognize empathy is not the same as sympathy. We all know what sympathy feels like and it feels awful. (laughs) It's like, oh, poo-poo on you, you know? When someone actually sits with you and they're like, man, this sucks. Like you're going through a lot. Like I get it. Right. So receiving empathy is very important. So for me, I did have a group of people, a close group of people who were my, my mirrors. I did. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. So anyone who wants to do that with a therapist, highly recommend it, especially when you're looking at things that happened in your childhood. And then the small group of people in your life who can be your good mirrors to provide that empathy. All of those in combination, the a life is what helps with the healing. It's what helps with with the the self-forgiveness. And I also just want to say really quickly, if you're in this process, it takes a long time. So don't shame yourself if you feel like it's happening too slowly. (laughs) Janelle, you just highlighted such an important point because when we are engaged in shame-based behavior, we tend to isolate ourselves or we shut down because we don't want to share that with our friends and family because we are scared they'll not love us anymore. They might judge us. And you are essentially saying is do the very opposite. Talk to your good mirrors. And I love it. And I know my listeners will too. But before we wrap up the conversation, we have a few minutes left. So can you expand on what you were saying earlier, like how some of the messages that we receive as children can potentially lead to shame-based behavior? So there are different messages that children can receive. And the parent, let me just point out, the parents don't mean this. (laughs) They don't mean how it's interpreted by the child, but the child may interpret it as such. So first example, um, you may be that kid who came home with all A's and one B. And the response you got from mom and dad was, but what happened to the B though? Like, why isn't it an A, right? So the message that you receive from that is, I am not worthy of love or acceptance unless I'm completely perfect, unless I get all the A's, right? Another message um, that could be received is when you don't get validated. So if you are intelligent, right? And you get validated for being intelligent, but not validated for being pretty, then you think, oh, something must be, I must not be beautiful because like they have one, they haven't told me. And two, 
then like I'm unlovable because I'm not attractive, right? People want to be attractive and people want to be around other people. And the reverse is also true. Yeah. If you were never validated for being intelligent because everyone thought like, well, we thought you knew you were smart. So why would we tell you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing. You, you you start to think like, oh, I only have value maybe in my looks, but in my intelligence, nope, I'm not smart. I am, I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. And so that will Again, that's a message you receive. And so that plays into your adulthood and how you look at yourself. And finally, one of the strongest chain messages that a child can receive, it's kind of, it's the same category, but like different flavors of the same ice cream. So it's this idea of abandonment, whether that's through adoption, whether that's through divorce. So parents who've divorced or a child who's in child protective services. So the message received here is the the two people, my mother and father, who are supposed to love me, like they're literally built to love me, don't want to be around me, don't want to be near me, don't want to spend time with me. Something must be wrong with me. I'm broken. I'm bad. And if anybody else got to know the real me, they would abandon me too because I'm so unlovable, so broken, so such a bad person. So um. And there are several more messages that could be received, but these I feel like are good examples of how your parents don't mean it, obviously. And sometimes getting a divorce is way better than staying together for the child of divorce, right? So it's not, it's not that it is in the intention is to create this message. It's just how the message is received or interpreted by the child that can then create shame-based thinking throughout adulthood. Janelle, thank you so much for sharing this with us because, you know, as parents, we are so immersed in the day-to-day life that sometimes we are not even aware um, of the messages that we are sending our kids. So I know after listening to you talk about it, that I will be much more cognizant. And I know my listeners will as well. And also a huge thank you for taking us on your journey of forgiveness and healing. Listeners, I know you want to read her book, I Slept with a Married Man. We'll have a link on our Instagram page that makes it easier for you to buy the book. And we also have a sneak peek. So make sure to check out our posts. And thank you for joining us on each of our episodes. And thank you for supporting us. Take care and talk to you soon. Bye.